0: How's it going so let's talk feelings today let's talk emotions because it's a thing and it comes up and there's kind of there seems to be sort of two ways of, of looking at feelings um especially in the spiritual community so so we have this group that's all positive thinking kind of love and light sort of people right and so a lot of the time well some of the time that's the group that just sort of squishes in right um and just pretends that there are no negative emotions we don't have to feel that and we just avoid the whole thing there's that kind totally fine it's one way of doing it um but um if you've been around me any length of time um, you'll know i came from there not in the spiritual sense but in a sort of a coping mechanism kind of a sense. I avoided feelings for years and years and years and my my favorite saying used to be computers don't have feelings because it was easier for me to interact via computer than it was to actually feel something and so essentially what that led to was because I wasn't acknowledging anything and doing anything about anything um, it led to depression and suicide attempts, and all kinds of good fun, <laughs> real exciting stuff, but basically it was just me avoiding all of it. So now, in this spiritual realm that I inhabit, it's not about avoiding anymore. I don't avoid, and I don't squish, and I don't deny, and, or any of that, but now it's about control more than anything so the understanding is that the mind generates the feelings so there has to be a thought a perception of a circumstance or something that triggers that emotional response good bad or otherwise that's step one so the emotions are always coming along for the ride The emotions are never the trigger. The trigger is always your perception of or your thinking around whatever's happening around you, okay? Emotions are dragged kicking and screaming along for the ride. We're responding emotionally to our thoughts, not actually directly to the outside world. The middleman is the mind, and the mind is telling you what it thinks or how it perceives what's happening. And then the thoughts create the emotion. So that's the story you make up in your head. And then you get caught in fear and you don't move forward. That's the story you make up in your head that tells you you're not good enough and you have no confidence so you don't try anything. That's that. The lack of confidence, the fear, the not good enoughness is an emotional response to a thought you think. And maybe those thoughts were given to you by other people. So they're not even yours. They're somebody else's. Okay? So, thoughts trigger emotions. That's how we create things like anxiety, depression, thoughts triggering feelings. Okay? Anxiety and depression come from either living in the past or living in the future, right? Typically, anxiety is from hanging out in the future too much. Depression comes from hanging out in the past too much, okay? And so when we're able to stay out of those, it means we're balancing semi-well in the present. We still use the future in the past, right? But when we're out of depression and anxiety, we're able to manage here in the present reality, right? So if you're watching this video right now and you focus and you're present or you're listening to me on SoundCloud, but either way you are present if you're paying attention and you're not letting your mind wander. And if your mind is wandering, you're either in the future or the past. There's no other way around it. That's where you are. And being in the future or the past, or even in the present, will trigger an emotional response. Whatever you think about what I'm saying right now may trigger an emotional response. If your brain wanders either past or, or forward, you will have an emotional response to those thoughts. Okay. You could just be planning dinner, <laughs> that's totally fine, but it may still create an emotional response, especially if you're planning to make some one of your favorite foods. It could also trigger an emotional response in the other direction if you know that somebody's making something for dinner that you don't like. That's all perception. It's I like and I don't like. And that response creates emotion, positive or negative, good or bad. And it's just perception. So how can we use that understanding then to quote unquote get a grip a little bit better? there's lag time between the thought that I think and the emotion that is created there's lag time, there's not much lag time but there is a, a second or two in there, so if you're aware of your thoughts you have a second to go, hey wait a minute if you're aware of your thought process in that moment, you have a second in there where you can go, hey wait And you get to decide in that second what to do. You have the time now. The minute you say, hey, wait, the minute you stop yourself from just responding, right? Because most of our responses are unconscious. We don't consciously think about how to respond. That's one of the many goals of spirituality is to begin to be conscious of our responses and to actually consider responses before just reacting to things, right? So responding versus reacting. When we move towards responding, it gives us the opportunity to decide what the thought's going to be or how to perceive this particular scenario. And then that allows us to control the emotion. But all the time, the thing we're controlling is not actually the emotion. We're controlling the thought. The thought is what generates the emotion, good or bad. Okay? It doesn't matter whether it's happy or sad. It really doesn't. It's the thought that generates it. Okay? So you always have the opportunity to get conscious of your thoughts, to use your awareness to decide if what the brain is doing is okay. Right? Are we just making up a story? Is this true? Right. What's the response that's necessary? And emo- An emotional response may not be helpful. Depends on what's happening, right? So that emotional response may not actually even be useful to you. Right? So reacting emotionally, if that's not useful to you, then shutting that down long enough to deal with and do what you need to do is important. So this isn't about never feeling anything. We're not going there, that's not the point, right? You, you are going to feel, that is normal, it is human. I expect you would feel, right? You are, it, it is a normal thing to do. It's what we do with it. Because if we don't catch the thought and we get to fear of doing X, Y, or Z, doesn't matter what it is, if we don't catch the thought and we end up in fear And we buy into the fear as a real emotion because there's actually something to be afraid of, right? So if we're feeling fear, there's got to be something to be afraid of. So what are you afraid of? Is there a bear in front of you? That's a legitimate reason to be afraid. Are you worried about signing up for a painting class? Why are you afraid of that? Do you see the difference? One is legitimate, this bear's gonna eat me. (laughs) And one is your mind telling you a story. Painting class is scary, okay? Painting class isn't scary. Your perception of painting class and how you're going to do in the class, that's what's scary, okay? It's your mind and the story it's telling you. That's what's freaky, not the actual class itself. And that's the difference. So can you get control of the fear there? Sure, right? You can say, hey, wait a minute. That's not true, right? This, this could be all right. What if this works out? What if it isn't that bad? What if I'm actually an okay painter? <laughs> what if it's not about whether or not I'm good at painting, right? So we can control the fear by controlling the, the thoughts, by, by redirecting the mind a little bit into something different. Because if we just allow the fear and just hang out there, then we never do painting, right? So if we just hang out in the fear, then we never have the conversation. Then we never we reply never for the job. We never, we never do the thing, whatever the thing is. It doesn't matter what the thing is. But if you just allow the fear and you don't question it and you don't get your thoughts, your, your brain screwed in straight, you don't get your thoughts under control, And you just allow the fear and you just decide there's something to heal, right? And here's that never-ending box now. If you decide there's something to heal, fear is coming up so there must be something there for me to heal. There's something there for me to fix within myself. Okay, that's a never-ending box. That doesn't stop ever. The box is completely bottomless if you take that path every time fear comes up. that's just true. It's bottomless. There will always be something there. And I've said before, you can't gain confidence on your couch, right? So if you're getting down in there and you're digging and you're probably coming up against your confidence, you're coming up against not trusting yourself, you're coming up against you're not good enough, not worthy, you're not this, you're not that, you're not the other thing, right? So you're coming up against your self-perception again. And you're coming up against your confidence and your courage and your self-worth. You don't gain those things on the couch. You're not going to gain confidence in yourself sitting on your couch trying to heal the wounds. The confidence comes from doing. You have to try. But in order to try, you have to get out of the fear. If you try to heal the fear in order to be able to take the painting class, you're never getting there because you can't it's impossible it's a never-ending loop it just goes around you'll be stuck forever you'll never move if you're waiting for the fear to disappear if you're sitting on your couch waiting for the fear to go away so that you can move forward you're going to be there a long time you cannot do it it will not work you have to get control over this in order to quell the fear have to it's the only way it works and then you actually have to tell yourself to move forward even though feel the fear and do it anyway you actually have to go that far in order to get out of it entirely so what if it's pain what if we're talking trauma childhood trauma whatever what if we're talking actual pain okay you got to let that flow You're going to have an emotional response to things, and that's okay. So we're going to let that flow. We're going to let that happen. Now, if we're talking about things that are 30 years old, okay, we have to look at them differently. If we're talking about recent trauma, you let it flow, let it flow, let it flow, let it flow, let it flow. But at some point, 30 years down the road, we can't do that anymore. Again, the box is bottomless, okay? So it will never end. So if you're still triggered by that thing that happened when you were five, we have to figure out how to how to manage that. Okay? And typically, typically, right? So I'm using some pretty broad assumptions here. If you're still triggered by things that happened when you were small, you're still either in blame or guilt. Or both. You're still... Blaming other people for how you feel. Or you're blaming yourself for not handling the situation the way your adult self now says you should have. Neither of those is helpful. That's what's keeping you stuck. When you release the blame, and or the guilt, same thing, when you release that... It allows you to take responsibility for your own emotions in the moment, now, today. Right? So it's not your fault I feel this way. Because if I do that, I hold myself hostage. I can't move forward. It's, it's not my mother's fault she did that thing when I was four, right? That I'm still mad at, at 46. So now I'm letting something my mother did 42 years ago bother me today. Is that my mother's fault? Is, can my mother really still be responsible for my feelings right now in this minute? No. Just logically, that doesn't even make sense. But because we've hooked an experience to it, and therefore hooked emotion to it, perception we've hooked a thought emotions come too. we stay in this blame shame guilt thing and we don't move and that's when we get into trouble so the way to fix it is to get this figured out right it's this up here that you have to work through right we don't forgive anybody for anything but we have to unhook ourselves from the experience. We have to, I have to unhook my mother from my feelings right now because she's not responsible for them, she's not standing here. I have to unhook her from that. It doesn't mean I forgive her for what happened, but I unhook her from that. And by doing that, I open up the possibility then that I can take responsibility for how I'm feeling right now, even while that memory is still in my head. So the memory is in my head. The memory itself will trigger an emotion. But if I reach for blame to defend the emotion or validate the emotion, then I'm holding on and holding on and holding on, right? I can't let go of the candle as long as I'm talking about the candle, right? In order to talk about the candle, I had to pick it up. So if I want to stop talking about the candle, I have to put it down. Right? Makes sense. Same is true with memories. There are going to be experiences in your life that are going to trigger your memory of that event. It's what you do with it and how you respond to it. The memory can be in your head and you can still have enough awareness of yourself to say, I don't need to respond to this right now. I don't need to have the emotional response. I don't need to emotionally respond to the candle in my hand. (laughs) I don't have to respond to this. I can be neutral to this. It's just a thing. And the memory is a picture because the event isn't happening. It was 42 years ago. (laughs) The event's not happening. So it literally is just a picture something in your external reality triggered a picture in your mind that you allowed yourself to respond to emotionally because you didn't catch it fast enough. You didn't catch it. And you're so used to automatically emotionally responding to the thoughts that you think that you keep doing it over and over and over again, which means everything triggers you, right? When you allow that all the time, everything now triggers you. So you're one of those people everybody tiptoes around, right? (laughs) And you have to have really strict boundaries to protect all your triggers. Right? That's how it works. That's what happens. And boundaries are not to protect yourself from being triggered, right? That's not the point of a boundary. But when we're so emotionally charged all the time by the thoughts that we think, we allow the thoughts that we think to create emotions and with no filter and no control at all then we emotionally respond to just everything and suddenly now we need such a strict box around us in order to prevent ourselves from being triggered but it's almost impossible to do right those are the extremes obviously but that's the idea The idea is if you get control of the thought, if you recognize the thought, you can decide that this isn't worth an emotional response. And it's not squishing or denying anything. You're not squishing anything. You're simply deciding how to respond to things. And there is a difference there. Deciding how to respond is not squishing emotional energy it's not denying emotional energy right so when do we actually want to use emotions in the moment when things are happening right you want to use them in present time for present circumstances and you want to make sure that when you do allow the emotion that it is an appropriate response, that it's not just a story your mind is making up for you, right? Is this worth getting pissed off about? (laughs) Is this worth my energy right now, right? That's the question. Is it worth the energy? Emotions are just energy. Is it worth the energy? Do I need to be mad right now? Is this worth it to me? The mind will tell you it is because the mind and the ego love that stuff. The mind is going to tell you that this is worth the energy, but is it? You get to decide how to respond right there. Is this worth being angry about? Make a choice. You're not squishing anything by doing that. Right? That memory of the thing that happened to me when I was four came up. Do I need to feel this? You're not squishing anything. You've relived it a hundred thousand times in your head, and you've cried and you've cried and you've cried and you've cried and you've dealt with it 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 and you've done it over and over and over and over and over again. So you're not squishing anything anymore. You're just preventing a habit of response to a thought that you think regularly. Do you see that? Memories, when they trigger emotions, trigger a habit of response. You've lived and relived that event over and over and over and over and over and over again in your life and in your head. And you've felt those emotions hundreds of times. They are a habit now. The box is bottomless. You will never get rid of it. That's okay. Okay. Recognize the emotional response as a habit. You don't need to relive it again. Sometimes the universe will take that event and it will pick a trinket out of the box. And the mind automatically wants to go to the big picture and the huge story and all of the emotions and all of the stuff and all of the things... Whereas the universe is showing you this little thing, the universe is showing you one card in the pile, right? There's 78 cards in a tarot deck, the universe shows you one, and suddenly you want to analyze all 78. That's not how it works. Deal with the one, the one card, not all of them, deal with the one, right? It doesn't mean that you can't read the whole deck. You absolutely can read all 78 cards in a tarot deck when you pull a spread. Absolutely. But if the universe just wants you to focus here, then there's no reason to read all of this. And that's the point. Is the universe pulling a trinket out of the box and saying, here, pay attention to this little aspect of this big thing? Because my guess is, especially with the stuff that you've been through a million times, the universe isn't asking you to dig through the whole box again. They're pulling out individual little bits and asking you to focus on specific aspects of things. And those things are really easy to deal with. They aren't hard. (laughs) Usually it's self-acceptance. Usually it's the idea of yeah, I did the thing. It's acceptance. Yeah, okay, I messed up. Yep, that happened. Yeah, I didn't know better yet. Yeah, I hurt that person. hmm I did that. I didn't know better. I didn't know better, so I couldn't do better. And that's where the shame and guilt come from, right? And so what they're asking you to do is to heal that aspect of it. So that the shame and guilt can go away. The shame and guilt go away when you stop with the thoughts in your head that tell you that you could have, should have, would have done better. When you stop beating yourself up for what you didn't know, beating yourself up is up here. That, those are thoughts. Those are thoughts. All right. So emotions, you have the ability to gain some control by paying attention to what's happening in your head and deciding how to feel about things and how to respond to things, making choices. When do we just simply allow? When experiences are fresh. When do we decide when experiences are old and have been relived multiple times? We can allow to some degree in the present and when we're talking about the future in the past, we have to begin to decide. And even in the present, unless the experience is traumatic, there is room for deciding how to respond, and not just flying off the cuff. Okay. So these are choices that we get to make, and it's awareness that allows all of those choices. And I talked about awareness in the last video, so I'm not going to repeat here. Awareness gives you the choice of not only how to think, but then subsequently how to feel. You get to decide that. Don't let your thoughts decide it. And it's not squishing to be conscious of your thoughts and be conscious of your response and be conscious of what you allow. You don't have to allow the energy to be all mixed up and everywhere. You have a choice with awareness. And I think I said it in the last video. There are times when you simply allow yourself to have the fit because you need to. And it's totally okay. Have the fit because you need to. But then, plunk yourself back down, put your feet on the ground and be like, okay, that wasn't real. What was that nonsense? And find truth. Always go back to finding truth. Don't just buy into the wild ideas the mind makes up. That keeps you on an emotional roller coaster 100% of the time, and it's a hard way to live. All right. Sending you all so much love. Thanks for watching. Have a good one. Bye for now.